I'm going to talk to you tonight about personal change. But before we get to that, <clears throat> we'll just have a little fun, all right? Hope nobody gets offended, but here we go. How many Pentecostals does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to change the bulb and nine to pray against the spirit of darkness. How many Calvinists does it take to change a light bulb? None. Calvinists don't change light bulb. If God wants them changed, he'll change them. How many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? Well, at least 15. You've got to have one to change the bulb, and then you've got to have three committees to approve the change and decide who's bringing the potato salad. How many TV evangelists does it take to change a light bulb? Just one, but for the message of light to continue, please send your donation today. How many Catholics does it take to change a light bulb? None. They don't use light bulbs. They use candles. How many campfire worship leaders does it take to change a light bulb? Now, some of you aren't going to get this one. You had to be around in the 70s and that time frame. But how many campfire worship leaders? Well, just one. But soon all those around will warm up to its glowing. Mm -hmm. How many Episcopalians does it take to change a light bulb? Ten. One to change the bulb and nine to say how much they like the old one. How many United Methodists does it take to change the light bulb? That's undetermined whether your light is bright, dull, completely out, you are loved. You can be a light bulb, a turnip bulb, a tulip bulb. We don't care. <laughs> hey, when I was a kid, I went to Methodist church, by the way. Anyway, church-wide lighting service is planned for Sunday. Bring the bulb of your choice in a covered dish. All right. How many Presbyterians does it take to change a light bulb? None. Lights will go on and off at predestined times. How many Amish does it take to change a light bulb? What's a light bulb? Yeah. How many Jehovah's, Wiss Jehovah's Witness does it take to change a light bulb? None. The lights are on, but no one's home. That's just mean. Anyway, how many Mormons does it take to change the light bulb? Five. One man to change the bulb and four wives to tell him how to do it. <laughs> now, if I missed your favorite, don't be offended. I'll try to get it next time. But you know what? Most of us have a hard time with change, but here's the thing about change is it happens. And it happens to all of us. Whether we're ready or not, it's inevitable. Things change. All around us, things change. And we change. Whether we want to or not. Some of you young ones, you don't know that. It'll come to you. But one guy, he went to his 40-year high school reunion and after he had talked with some of his classmates, he went over, he told his wife, he said, that guy over there, he's gotten so old, he can't even recognize me. Okay, four of you got that. The rest of you, I'll explain it to you when I get home, darling. Thank you for laughing. But the Christian life is all about change. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. See, when we're born again, it is a radical change. We are a new creature, new creation in Christ. But that is just the beginning of God working in our lives and changing us. Because none of us is just like Jesus yet. He is conforming us into the image of his son. 
He's still working on us. I think a lot of people just kind of fall into a rut and, and they just get to a place sometimes where they, they're not really changing anymore. And I want to encourage you tonight. He's not done with you. He's still working on you. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who began a good work in you, has he begun in you? <laughs> yes, he will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. He's not going to complete it tonight. He'll keep on completing what he's begun in us. I said this Sunday, but if we're not changing, we're not growing. You got to be changing to be growing. And that's why we need to embrace change and even initiate change. Don't just let change happen to you, but be proactive about change. Most of us would like for everything and everybody else to change. But the one thing that we absolutely have a say-so, it's called a free will, about changing is ourselves. And that's why I want to talk to you about personal change tonight. And I know that sometimes, you know, when you talk about changing, it's uncomfortable. But for us to get from where we are to where we really want to be, well, we're going to have to change. Change. I'm going to say it one more time. It's going to happen. But don't just let it happen to you. Let's initiate the change. You know, for a lot of us, if we don't do anything, I'm just giving you another example, okay? I'm not picking on anybody. Well, maybe myself. But if we don't do anything, our bodies will change this year, but probably not in a way that we want them to. But if we initiate change, we can actually change our bodies for the better. I told my wife, I said, I can't help it that I'm not pretty, but I don't have to be fat. I want to change. Some of you, y'all can identify, right? You know, relationships change. Sometimes friends come and go. People move away. Things happen. Sometimes we get closer to people. And sometimes, well, people move on. But what if we were proactive about that process in our relationships? I mean, what if we really made changes in ourselves that would improve our relationship? I mean, it doesn't matter if you have a bad marriage or a good marriage. There's probably some changes you could make in yourself. See, we always think, yeah, my spouse needs to change. There's some changes you could make about yourself that could improve your marriage. Your finances. You know, there are situations and circumstances and things that are going to happen that can negatively impact your finances. But there are also changes that you can make that can affect your finances in a positive way. And you see, that's what we need to focus on is the things that we can change. You know? And when we look back over this year of 2024, have you gotten used to saying that yet? When we look back over this year, are we going to be able to say... This was a great year for me. Now, some people will say, well, if we're lucky. I want to tell you, luck has little to do with it. Yeah. 
has a whole lot more to do with the choices that we make. And especially if you're talking about personal change, it really is a choice. It's up to us. Haggai 1.5 says, Now therefore, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways. Consider your ways. Think about what you're doing. Now, when the Lord said this to these people, they were not doing right. And so he's telling them, you need to think about what you're doing. You need to consider your ways. But you see, we need to consider our ways sometimes and just think about, am I really doing what I need to be doing every day in my life? Am I really pursuing the right things? Am I really making the right choices? Am I wasting time? Am I... Consider your ways. Are there areas that aren't going that well for you? Consider your ways. See, we need to think about what we're doing and decide, do I need to make some changes? I'm going to give you five simple keys to making personal change. And to help us remember, I'm going to call them the ABCs of personal change, although it's actually the ABCDE of personal change, but you get the idea. The first one is A, accept responsibility for my life. Galatians 6, 5 says that each one should bear his own load. And that is exactly what it's talking about, is that each one of us has to be responsible for our own life. We all have responsibilities and we can't put that off on anybody else. We are responsible for our own life. There's, there's something, you know, this time that we live in, it just seems to be really hard for people to accept responsibility for their own life. It's just easier to blame someone or somebody else or something else for the problems that we have in our life. But here's a real clue for you. If you find yourself complaining a lot, you're blaming a lot. And we got to avoid blaming because when we're blaming, we're not accepting responsibility. There's a lot of things in this world you can't change. But the one thing you can change is you. Accepting responsibility. It's just not a popular concept in our culture. You know, the, the popular attitude is, that, well, my problems aren't my fault. Everything bad in life, it's somebody else's fault. It's the environment or it's, you know, it's the teacher's fault or blame your parents or blame the boss or blame your coworkers or blame the economy, blame the government, blame your spouse, blame your genes. That's a really popular one. It runs in my family. I can't help it. Blame your bad luck. Blame anything or anybody but don't take responsibility yourself. I'm telling you, if you want personal change, you got to accept responsibility for your own life. Yeah, there are lots of things that happen to you, lots of things in this world you can't control. I mean, you know, you can't always control your kids and you sure can't control everything your spouse does. You know, when you get outside your home and things, there's a whole world of things you can't control, but you can choose to change you. And you got to accept responsibility for that and not choose the easy route of blame. For us to change and grow, it really is pretty simple. It's up to us. We just have to accept responsibility for ourselves. 
There's three kinds of people in life. There's accusers, excusers, and choosers. Accusers, they're the ones that blame everybody else for their problems. Excusers, they're the people that have an excuse for not doing something, for not making a decision. There's always a reason why they can't do what they're supposed to do and really make change and be successful. Then there's the choosers. I choose to accept responsibility for my life. I choose to accept responsibility for my own goals and my own happiness. I take responsibility for it. And that's who we need to be. God really has given us a free will. We need to choose. I'm choosing to change, make changes in my life. I'm choosing not to do some of the old things. I'm choosing to do some new things. Old things passed away, all things become new. But we're, see, we still are choosing. We got to choose the new and not just do the same old thing. One of the things we can all choose to change is our attitude. Anybody ever give your kid an attitude adjustment? We all need an attitude adjustment sometimes. And here's the thing. We can choose to change our attitude. In fact, I hope that when you come to church, you know, and we start praising the Lord, I hope sometimes you get an attitude change right in the middle of praise. You know what I'm saying? We ought to. I mean, your day isn't going so good. You got all kinds of issues and conflict and trouble going on, but you start getting your mind on the Lord, praising the Lord, and it ain't that hard to change your attitude. But we all can choose to change our attitude. We just need to take responsibility for this thing of personal change. It really is up to us. B, believe. Jesus said in Mark 9, 23, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. See, we're not doing this on our own. Don't leave God out of this equation. Of course, we struggle and we fail with personal change when we're trying to do it on our own, but we're not on our own. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. We have a mighty God who is well able to help us to change. You see, there's no shortage on pow of power on his part. The, the situation is, the, do we believe? All things are possible to him who believes. We got to believe that we can change. I'm not talking about that garbage that the world preaches about believing yourself. That is pure garbage. I'm talking about believing God that, yes, I want to change and I serve a mighty God, a life-changing God, and I believe that he will help me change. Don't say I can't. I I don't know about you, I'm 64 years old and there's some things I've been struggling trying to change this and change that for years. But you know what? I know I need to believe that I can change because I'm believing God to help me. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. See, some people say, oh, I can't memorize scripture. Yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. We're going to do it, all right? Y'all got to, there it is right there, all right? Philippians 4.13. Say Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. 
One more time, Philippians 4.13. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Okay, take it off. Ready? Say it with me. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Now, I know a lot of you already knew it, but you know what? It really is just that simple. We can. See, why, why do we not think that we can learn a verse of Scripture? My goodness. And here's the thing. There's a lot of things in life. If we would just believe I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, we got to believe His Word and believe that He's helping us. You're going to face challenges, difficult times, circumstances, all kinds of things. And here's, here's the thing, though. Whatever we face, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You ever had a time when, you, you know, you're in this situation and you don't have a clue what to do? You need to believe. You don't know how to fix this. You don't know how to change it. You need to believe. James 1, 5. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God who gives to all liberally without reproach and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith. See, you got to ask in faith. You got to believe with no doubting for he who doubts is like a wave of the sea driven and tossed by the wind. See, there's wisdom that's available to us, whatever we need. We need to remember that our God will help us. we got to believe. You know, the Bible is absolutely full of changed lives. And in this room right now, there's so many changed lives. Why would we not believe that God can help us change? Believe. Decide to believe. Believing is not a feeling. It's something that you choose. We believe in the heart, the seat of the will. You believe. I believe I can be a better husband. I believe I can be a better father. See, we need to, we need to, we need to get that in, in, in our heart and say it out of our mouth. You know, how about... Y'all might like this one. How about, I, be, I believe I can be a better pastor. I mean, with God, all things are possible. I'm with God. I, I believe I can be a better people person. I believe I can have peace while I'm driving in traffic in DFW. I believe I can control my eating habits. I believe I can be used of God in a greater way because I'm not doing this on my own. I'm believing God. I believe Simon Peter, you know, his name was Simon, which means reed, and Jesus calls him Peter, which means rock. And there were certainly all kinds of ups and downs in his life. It's just kind of the person, the personality that he was. But this man who denied the Lord three times eventually would be crucified upside down because he wouldn't deny the Lord. That's change. And I'm just telling you that God is working on us, but we got to get with the program. We got to choose to change. We got to accept responsibility and we got to believe that we can change. C, clarify what needs to change. What really needs to change? Most of us don't have a lot of trouble in figuring out what needs to change about other people. 
So if you're struggling to clarify what needs to change, um, well, you can ask your loved ones. They can probably tell you, although you probably won't want to hear it that way. But clarify what needs to change. Habakkuk 2.2 says, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it. So you need to clarify and then you need to write it down. Now when I say clarify what needs to change, let me, let me tell you the, the best approach to do that is not just for you to just go, you know, I think this and I think that. Go to the Lord in prayer. Talk to the Lord about it. What needs to change in my life? What do I need to do different? Go to His Word. Oh, how His Word can speak to you and show you. You know, it, it's a mirror. It, it will show you who you're supposed to be, and it helps you see who you, who you really are and where you need to change. So you go to the Word of God. But you need to clarify what needs to change and then make it plain on tablets, Habakkuk said. You write it down. It's, it's amazing. People think that this is silly, like it doesn't matter. And some of you right now, you're thinking, oh, I'm not going to do that. I don't need to do that. I know what needs to change. Write it down. It is a proven concept that when you write down your goals, when you actually write things out, it makes the odds of you doing it exponentially greater. Not just a little bit or twice, but exponentially greater. There's something about that when you write it down. And it's it's really amazing. You know, most people never really stop and think and write down on paper what's really important to them. And maybe you've never done that, but you need to. You need to write some things down that you're believing God to change. And, and in this message, we're talking about personal change. If you don't write it down, this is the common story. We get to the end of the year and we say, where did the year go? So if you want to see real change this year, write it down, clarify what it is and write it down. Clarify what your personal goals are, what change you want to accomplish, in those goals. And I want to challenge each of you. Make that list. Decide what it is that's really important, what, what you value, what, what you want to change. And once you make that list, then you take that list and you turn it into a prayer list. Because we're not doing this on our own. And then you take that list and you turn it into a a plan of action. How are you going to accomplish those goals? Clarify the goals. Clarify what you need to do to reach those goals. Three things ought to be at the top of your list. See, a lot of times people, you know, it's about losing weight, want to be more successful in, you know, my job or whatever. Listen, this ought to always be first. Your relationship with God ought to always take first priority. I mean, if you don't do anything else, you want to strengthen, you want to improve your relationship with the Lord. And if it's really good, you still want that. You want to draw near to God. You want to get more on fire. You want to know Him more. See, I mean, the Apostle Paul, after decades of knowing the Lord, he still says, I want to know Christ. 
And we need to have that, that same desire that that's the most important thing. Next, your, your relationship with your family, with your loved ones. I mean, that's the most important thing next to your relationship with the Lord. But you know, a lot of the time, people see that as, oh, well, we got problems and there's these issues and I wish it was better. Let me tell you what works better than wishing or blaming that you prayerfully decide and you make changes yourself. Clarify what needs to change. D, do it now. Three words can change your life. Do it now. You know, there were several people that said they would follow the Lord but first I got to go do this. And I want you to know that Jesus' response to them seems harsh, but he knew their hearts. Here's one of them, Luke 9, 62. He said, no one having put his hand to the plow and looking bad is fit for the kingdom of God. It's so important that once we know what we need to do, that we don't procrastinate and put it off down the road, you know, at a convenient time when everything's just right. no. We make up our minds once we know what it is we need to change and we need to do, we just decide, I'm going to do it now. One boy told his dad, he says, Dad, there's three frogs sitting on a log. One of them decides to jump in the water. Now how many frogs are left on the log? The dad says, two. He says, nope. The dad says, oh, I get it. So when one jumped, the others jumped in too. Nope. The boy said he only decided. He didn't actually do it. And that's the way it is with us a lot of the time. We decide, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do this, but we don't get to that place where we just go ahead and do it. Y'all got quiet on that one. Let me give you an example. You know, people decide they're going to exercise and they go to to the health club and they join. And this is amazing, but some people go to the health club, look at the health club, maybe even work out a little bit, get their credit card out, and they join the health club and they never go back a single time. If everybody that that had a membership showed up, health clubs would all go broke. But there's so many people that just don't do it. Let me give you another example. Every single semester of growth groups, there are people, and please don't get mad if I'm talking about you, all right? I'm trying to help you. There are people who sign up for a growth group and never go a single time. It's so weird. You decide you're going to join a growth group, but don't do it. Do it. This is an important part of personal change. You just have to do it. Well, you know, it's just not a good time right now. Ecclesiastes 11.4, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. What does that mean? Well, it's not perfect conditions, so, you know, we're just not going to do anything. You'll never do anything if you're waiting for perfect conditions. Well, when things settle down, when things get better, when I'm not quite so busy. 
Time just keeps going by. I mean, when, when, you know, when things settle down for me, I'm going to spend more time with the kids. You're going to turn around and they're going to be grown out of the house. You, you, you just got to do it now. But this is the real breakdown for a lot of people that really want change in their life. And they'll say, yeah, that sounds good. I want to do that. I'm, I'm going to do it. But they don't actually do it. So don't wait for things to change. Change what you can. Last, E is for expect. Expect. <laughs> this is, you need to hear this. Expect a battle. Uh, some of you know. I mean, most of you know. It isn't going to be easy. See, change is really simple, but it's not easy. You need to expect adversity. You need to expect some difficulty. You need to expect that there's going to be some problems that come up. And But here's the thing. I, I'm not talking about getting a negative mindset. Don't misunderstand me. We already talked about how important it is to believe. I'm not talking about a negative mindset, but I'm saying you need to, you know, expect the reality is there's going to be a battle if you're going to make some changes. And, you, you know, what happens to a lot of people is they get disillusioned. You know, I need to get more involved in the church and I want to get involved and serve in ministry, so I'm going to, I'm going to work in the children's ministry. And they go in there and they start working in the children's ministry. They made a change in their life. And, you know, God's going to use them to change some other lives. That's exciting. But then it doesn't turn out like they thought it was going to be. I mean, you know, Pastor Matt, he made me do this, and he said, I can't do that. And the kids, you know, I thought, that, I thought they were all just sweet little darlings, but I found out they're a bunch of little demons. And, you know, I'm just, I can't do, I ain't going in there anymore. I, it doesn't matter what change you make. You know, I'm going to make good food choices. I'm going to, you know, do better. And then Brother Jimmy says, hey, let's go eat some Mexican food. There it goes. <laughs> Actually, it's me telling him, let's go eat some Mexican food. But here's the point, though. You need to expect there's going to be some battles. It's going to be difficult. But also expect... Victory. Expect to overcome. You're more than a conqueror. So yes, be ready for the battle, the struggle, but expect to win in the end. 1 Corinthians 15, 57, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. I just want to close with this. Don't waste time fretting over other people changing or not changing. Change what you can. Change yourself first. In fact, if you want to change some people and especially some loved ones, you know the most important thing you can do is change yourself. You'd be surprised what an impact you can have in your relationship with your loved ones when you change yourself. Make simple changes in your life. I told you it's not easy. But it is simple. It's as simple as A, B, C, D, E. 
I'll close with this story. One man said, I was a revolutionary when I was young, and all my prayer to God was, Lord, give me the energy to change the world. As I approached middle age and realized that life was half gone without my changing a single soul, I changed my prayer to, Lord, give me the grace to change all those who come in contact with me, my family, my friends, and I'll be satisfied. Now that I'm an old man and my days are numbered, I've begun to see how foolish I have been. My one prayer now is, Lord, give me the grace to change myself. If I'd prayed that from the start, I wouldn't have wasted my life. Now, I want you to know something. I really do believe that God can use us to change somebody else's life. But we got to be changed first. So often, we're focused on changing other people and not allowing God to continue to do what He wants to do in us. It ought not to be that any Christian is still in the same place right at the end of this year as they are right now. Every one of us, we ought to be changing and growing and in a better place, more effective for the Lord before this year is over. So I don't know what changes you need to make. I want to encourage you to prayerfully and in the word, you figure out, you know, where, where you need to make some changes. Something, I mean, there's some things that's real obvious to you. You absolutely know some things, but I just encourage you to seek the Lord about that. And you make up your mind that you're going to accept responsibility, that you're going to believe God, that you're going to clarify what needs to change, that you're going to do it and you're going to expect. You're going to expect battles and you're going to expect victory. All right, that's it. I want you to stand with me. We're just going to pray.